morning. Good morning. Good morning. Let's stand if you're able and let's sing hymn number 277. Hymn number 277. Good morning. Good morning and Merry Christmas. I have just a couple announcements. There won't be uh, the Bible study on parables or young friends. Um, they, they won't meet today or next Sunday. We will have our candlelight Christmas Eve service tonight at 9 p.m. I hope everyone um, will join us for that special time. The church office will be closed Monday and Tuesday this coming week for Christmas and also Monday, January 1st. And no choir practice this week. Okay, there, um, there's the new upper room devotional is available in the foyer if you would like to take that home to get your new year started. There are other announcements. Let's stand as you're able and sing hymn 278.
Now's the time for our prayers and praises. We want to lift up Joe Coltrane. This is Becky's brother. He remains at Piedmont Crossing, but now he is under hospice care. So we definitely want to remember Joe and Becky. Martha Stunda continues to have um, some back issues, so we want to lift up Martha. Joe Statina Sr., Joe's dad, had a pacemaker this past week. Is he doing yeah, really he's good? doing great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ramona Robertson's granddaughter, Anna Grace, um, she did have knee surgery, and she's recovering. Travis Oakley, Eddie Oakley's son, did have um, hip replacement surgery, and he is recovering at home as well. I talked with Bonnie Beggs this morning, and her sister, Brenda Whitaker, who is recovering from a stroke, she is actually now at High Point Regional Rehab, and she is making um, small improvements. So that's definitely a continued prayer and a praise. Do we have others to lift up? I know there's lots of sick, sick folks, um, just with colds and just all kinds of stuff. So we want to remember those folks as well. Before we pray, I wanted to read something that I found. Um, it's a poem by Deborah Ann Belka, and it's called Christmas's True Meaning. Let Christmas's true meaning rise up in you today. May you see the real splendor of Jesus's birth on this day. May his beauty and grandeur cause your heart to sing. May the gift of his excellence become your eternal spring. May his majestic, may his majestic you behold with all dignity and honor. May the fullness of his truth glorify his heavenly father. May the wonder of his grace reveal its magnificence in you. May the gratefulness you feel be in all you say and do. Let Christmas's true meaning bring your Savior near today. May you see the need for him today and every day. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we love you so much, and we're so thankful to be in your house celebrating your birth together. Thank you for what this means to us as Christians. And today we do lift up those, those that are recovering from surgery, those who continue to grieve the holidays look very different for many in our meeting this year, and we just want to continue to remember them. We do continue to thank you for our blessings. Just help us in the coming year that our eyes would be open to everything that you have for us. Thank you for loving us. And I pray that everything we do would honor you.
All these things we ask in your precious name. Amen. Now I'd ask for the ushers to come forward. Lord, help us remember that everything we have comes from you. And I pray that as we give a portion back today, that you would use that to better your church and better your people. Amen. Corey and Lauren and Ava and Luke to come up. So today we remember the meaning of Advent. Advent is a word that means coming. In the Christian season of Advent, we prepare for the advent of Christ at Christmas. Our preparation includes remembering. We remember Israel's hope for the coming of God's Messiah to save, forgive, and restore. We remember we are in darkness and exile, in need of a Savior. We remember our hope for the second coming of Jesus. By lighting one candle each week of the Advent, we prepare to welcome Jesus Christ into our world and in our hearts. Today, we focus on the coming of Christ, the Messiah. So from Luke 1, 28, uh, 
In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this may be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. <laughs> we light this candle because we look forward with eagerness to the birth of a child, the son of Mary and the son of God. God, thank you for this season of Advent that helps us prepare for the coming of Christ at Christmas. We look ahead with hope to the birth of your son. May we be prepared to welcome him with open arms and open hearts. O come now, son of David. Amen.
children would like to go to children's church. That'll be a great time. to follow along with me this morning, we'll be in Luke, the second chapter, verses 25 through 32. Luke, the second chapter, verses 25 through 32. And he writes, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts when the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people of Israel. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do love you this morning. And Lord, we ask that you pour out your spirit upon this service, that our ears, our hearts, our minds are open to what you have to say this morning. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen. See, I love this story. I love that this man is promised by the Holy Spirit that he will not die until he sees the Christ child. Then immediately upon seeing this child and holding this child, he says, Lord, you now dismiss your servant in peace. See, the scripture calls Simeon righteous and devout. Some would even call him a believer. I would say he is all of those, but I would also add that he is a follower. See, he was moved by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple, the temple courts, and, and guess who's there? The Holy Spirit tells him to go to the temple courts, and when he gets there, there's Mary and Joseph with baby Jesus. They were there for the purification of Jesus because that's what the law of Moses required at the time. But that's where Simeon finds them. He went to the temple courts because he's a follower. You see, there's a, there's a big difference, a rather large difference, actually, than being between being a follower and a believer. See, being a believer is easy. Being a follower is not always as easy. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. He didn't say, take up your cross and believe me. Being a follower, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. You may have to make some choices you don't want to make as a follower. 
you may have to say things, do things that are not comfortable as a follower. See, I looked up, what's the difference between a believer and a follower? A believer is impressed and or fascinated by an idea. A follower is impressed and or fascinated by the person who proposed the idea. Believing in Christ is knowing he is the Son of God. Being a follower of Christ is not only believing that Christ is the Son of God, but also following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Just like Simeon did. See, when I left Wheatmore, I was the head coach at Wheatmore. I left there and I got asked to be an assistant coach for a college team. It paid five times the amount of money that I was making in high school. They gave me team shoes. They gave me t-shirts. They gave me sweats. They paid for my meals. And on the road, being the only male on this staff, I got my own hotel room every time we traveled. It was a pretty sweet gig, actually. But I quickly found out that after 20 years as a head coach, I am a terrible assistant coach. I mean, I didn't hurt the team. I just hated being an assistant. I thought the lineup was wrong. I didn't like the way they ran practice. I wasn't in charge of timeouts. And worst of all, I could not say a word to the official. <laughs> See, I knew how I liked to do things, and now I had to sit back and watch someone else do it. And I had a hard time sitting back and watching. But that's a lot like us. We live a life without Christ, and then we accept him as our Savior. We want to keep doing things our way. Going from believer to follower isn't easy. It wasn't easy for Joseph. I mean, he's told to take Mary as his wife, even though she's already carrying a child. It wasn't easy. He knew they would talk behind his back, but he followed. It wasn't easy for Mary. Mary's told by an angel that she will become pregnant even though she's never known a man. That she will give birth to the Messiah. She knows that they too will talk behind her back. It wasn't easy, but she followed. It wasn't easy for the wise men. When told not to go back to Herod, they know that Herod will not be happy. And that he will possibly come after them but they followed. See, it may not always be easy, but if you look at the alternative of seeing where not following takes you, you're going to wish you'd followed. I'm sure David wished he would have followed. I know Jonah sitting in the belly of a fish really wished he'd have followed. The road to following Christ is not always paved. You're going to have to make difficult decisions. You may offend a person or two because of what you believe. It's a lot easier to get others to believe if we not only believe ourselves, but we are also followers. We have a no hat indoors rule at the high school. Can't wear a hat indoors. Do you know how hard it is to make that rule work when other teachers are walking around the high school wearing hats indoors it's not easy it's like having a 500 pound doctor tell you that you need to lose weight 
Yeah, I know it's probably true, but I'm, I'm not going to do it till you do it. We are the light of the world here. I believe that. I believe that our still friends is the light of this community. I believe that because we are followers. We're giving out food every month. We just gave the community a free breakfast. We Christmas shop for over 25 kids. And I don't know how many, I forgot the, how many shoe boxes we sent out. Anybody? I forgot how many, but it was a lot of shoe boxes that we sent out. See, this body of Christ is constantly, constantly trying to do something for, some, for someone else. We are always trying to help others. We're not just showing up on Sunday morning as believers. Our still friends are followers. Ben Hurley told me this about two years ago when I first started here, and I think it's my favorite quote about our still friends. He said, yes, there are churches with more members. There are churches with over 200 people every Sunday, but 25 of them do all the work. He said, our still friends may only have 100 people, but 90 of them are doing the work, and the other 10 would if they physically could. I love that about our still friends. See, Simeon was not only a believer, but he was also a follower. When the Holy Spirit told him that he would not die before he got to see the Christ child, he believed. And when the Holy Spirit said, go to the temple, he followed. Here's my favorite part. When he followed, he saw the face of Christ. When we follow, we too get to see the face of Christ. And when we follow, people see Christ in us. See, I've added this to my prayer life, and I suggest you do the same. Now I'd say, Lord, you know that I believe, but I want to follow. I want to be a follower. Help that still, small voice get a little louder every day. And the closer I follow, the louder that voice seems to get. A still small voice will get loud for you too, the closer you follow. Let's have a time of open worship.
hearts and minds are these. Let's stand for our benediction. receive this benediction. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we do believe. Lord, we want to follow. Lord, just make that still small voice so loud that we can't help but follow. Lord, help other people see Jesus in us and all that we do. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen. Amen.